Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome once again to the BTSC. That's behind the still curtain.com family of podcasts. We are so glad to have our Steeler family with us tonight, as it may be June, but in our minds, it's the middle of the playoffs in January, and we're feeling good because that's where we think the Pittsburgh Steelers might just be come, well, maybe January at this point. Everything's crazy, but nothing's crazier than the compassion and the love of Steeler Nation and the fandom of the next two guys I'm going to introduce to you. First of all, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad, and I'd like to first introduce to you my other partners in crime here on the show, the Steelers preview, Dave Schofield, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Welcome there, Dave Arino. That that still doesn't sound right to me. It, it's going to take a long time to get over the whole Deputy Dave persona, but uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. This is... Uh, you know, wearing me out a little bit, four nights in a row doing the podcast, but uh, you guys said I'll take the night off, and I'm like, no, I already have stuff to say about the topic, so I'm just going to go ahead and go. go. And, and honestly, I spent a lot of time two days ago finding my trivia, so I couldn't I could not do it. I had to be here. <laughs> well, in true BTSC fashion, we can't call you Dave anymore. It's Davidson Schofield, <laughs> and alongside Davidson is our very good friend, Michelangelo Beck, who was just giving us a list of great Canadians right before we started the show. Michael, how are you tonight, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great. Me and my uh, Canadian brother, and we're just uh, living it up here. It's it's awful cold, but uh, we're, we're doing good. We're doing good. 
Well, that is Cold? absolutely fantastic. Not really. I just live in the I, stereotype. I was going to say it's really hot <laughs> here right now. So, but we, you know, you, when you hear Canada, you think cold. It doesn't matter that it's June. <laughs> Fair well, enough. Well, you know what? Remember, the Steelers are uh, with their new quarterback coach, Mr. Canada. We've got, we've got yeah. Mr. Canada here. And then we've got Mapletron. I don't know if that's going to stick. Is It should stick. That's a great nickname. He's, he's, he's got to play good. What's that? <laughs> he, he has to play good to earn that. That's a, that's a pretty lofty nickname, I'd say. Yeah, I tell you what, but that is absolutely fantastic. And I'm thinking he can. But once again, the, you know, we can't have these shows if it isn't for everybody here, you know, coming in into the live chat. And we love you. So remember, love the show, like the show. Oh, he's always Lancelot Williams. And uh, I and Lancelot Williams is here too. Um, so I'm the only one that just doesn't doesn't have the uh, have the uh, let's call it the official name. So I'm you're just, bad. You have yeah, that. I'm bad. Yeah. There you go. You've got the best one of them all. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, we've got everybody in the live chat that we are so proud to have you along this journey with us. So thank you for uh, spending your evening with us. And remember, you could check it out on any on any platform that you get your podcast. Check us out the entire BTSC family of shows. There's a podcast every single day. Um, tomorrow night, you're going to have Yeah, I Said It with one Lancelot Williams on Saturday. Um, Tony, Anthony. Tone deaf. Tone deaf. Anthony. Um, Antonio Defio will have his <laughs> brunch with Steelers brunch with Tony. What are we and, doing? Uh, then Lancelot and myself. <laughs> Once again on Sunday, but yeah, let, let's talk about that later. Let's talk about this now. It's the preview. We've got so many things to talk about. Dave, there was stuff going on in the news today. Yeah, well, well let's hit up some news. So the first thing is there was the report of Matt Filer coming in to sign his tender. And then as soon as uh, Jeffrey Bennett got that article out for us this afternoon, what do you know? Boom. We had to update it because it wasn't just Filer. Uh, it was it was Mike Hilton as well. So both reportedly, you know, we never got an official notice from the Steelers, but reportedly both uh, restricted free agents signed their tender, which means they're not going to sign somewhere else. And... I mean, even if they did sign somewhere else, the Steelers had two options. They could either match the contract or get a second-round draft pick in return. Now, these guys' salaries already were counting towards the salary cap, so that doesn't change anything there. So, Michael, what do you think about these guys? I mean, they had a few days to go. They they, they had till the 15th to, to, to sign. Uh, what, what do you think about – was it smart for them? The the, the Let's just say this. The report is Hilton still once would like to do a long-term deal, and they still have some time to do that. Uh, do you think either of these guys can get a long-term deal right now, or, or do you think they're going to have to play under the tender? I think both will end up playing under the tender, especially because how many guys are free agents coming up this year? There's a lot of money that's got to go around a ton. And I, I guess in the case of Mike Hilton, you got Cam Sutton nipping at the heels. So there, there's going to be some competition there. His job in 2021 is not guaranteed as much as I hate it, as much as I think he's one of the top uh, nickel corners in the game. Uh, he, there's competition there. Uh, when it comes to Matt Filer, again, I think he'll play under the tender, but 
he was arguably the best offense lineman on the Steelers team last year. And uh, I think he's absolutely someone who uh, we should see continue on uh, with this franchise. I, I think it'd be a, a real travesty if he, uh, if he was lost in free agency. So um, I, I guess hopeful both guys can resign, but I think this year for sure for both of them, they're playing on that tender. Gotcha. Now, uh, bad. Here's the deal. If you followed some of our film rooms and everything that Jeffrey Benedict does, he's kind of, he, he looks at Mike Hilton as the weak link of the secondary, even more than Terrell Edmonds. And, and here's why he says Hilton is great coming up on the line of scrimmage, helping against the run, blitzing the quarterback, but he needs that help over the top where Cam Sutton is a completely different kind of nickel corner where he's really your guy that, that could play the deep coverage and things like that. So between those two guys, do, do you think they, do you think Hilton's going to get the deal? Because both of these guys, if Hilton plays on the tender, both of them are going to be free agents at the end of the year. Do you think either one of them gets it before the season or do you think just one of them next off season? And who would that be? I think this is an old fashioned mono imano showdown. It's it's a gunfight between these two. Two and, dogs, one bone. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Isn't that the Talmudism? Two dogs, I, one bone. Yeah, two dogs, one bone. And really, really, what you're looking at here, it's like a season long final of American Idol. Really, you just the finale. These guys are are really going to head to head for a spot. Of course, you're going to see plenty of uh, Sutton in there as well as Hilton. Hilton's going to get the top nod as the slot corner, but here's the thing, you know, short leash because you have someone like, like Sutton in there. Um, and you can actually see, you can actually see the possibility of something happen. If somebody else goes down, Sutton could actually, Sutton doesn't have to be a slot corner either. If somebody goes down, you might see some more action from a guy like Cameron Sutton. So it's a really good problem to have. Who wins out on this? It's just whoever shines brighter in 2020. I'm thinking, I'm actually putting my money on Cam Sutton, but it's really, but that's really saying that my confidence level is 51 to 49. You know, I mean, it's that close to me, Dave. Yeah, well, you bring up a really good point is that, you know, if 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 you need someone to, to go and play on the outside, is that Mike Hilton or is that Cam Sutton? I think that's it's Cam, Cam Sutton. Sutton. Yeah. So that's the thing. The versatility of Sutton is something that, that that really comes in there. And both of them have have actually played the quote unquote safety position in a in a pinch if they need to. Michael, my question to you is. Do you think we're going to see both of them on the field at the same time in some coverages perhaps this year? I would say yes, because Cam Sutton, it seems he's the primary backup on every position across the defensive backfield. I think if a safety goes down, he's stepping up. Either the corners go down, he's stepping up. Of course, slot like we mentioned. But uh, I, I think well, I think we'll see some sort of packages where all the guys are uh, more of those defensive back types are on the field. Uh, it's just kind of really depending on the situation. I could see Edmonds step out for a play because, you know, he, he, sometimes he's a liability in coverage. Hate to say it, but uh, if you, you slap Cam Sutton back there, then I, I think the team could be better in those long, longer yard uh, yardage situations. So um, I think absolutely we'll see both of them, especially if there's injuries. If one person mm -hmm. goes down, I think we're going to see a lot of both of them. Yeah, and like Lance says, it's like your dime package. It could be that... 
you know, is there another safety you think could possibly come in um, for an extra defensive back? Are you going to bring in a third safety with the with the players the Steelers have right now? Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily the answer. So I think you really could see both of them on the field at the same time. So, Brian, we're going to come back to you to finish up this little RFA segment. Um, Matt, Matt Filer. Personally, I thought he had the best year of any offensive lineman that the Steelers had last year. And there's we've we've talked about questions of him playing tackle or guard or whatnot. Is he going to be a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers beyond 2020? I firmly believe that that is the plan. Uh, the guys that were brought in, you know, well, actually one guy was brought in, Wisniewski, he's brought in on, on a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. And we really don't even know where they want to play this guy yet. That's another great problem to have because you've got a guy that you trust to tackle and a guy you trust even more at guard, even though we've seen more of him at tackle. So you have a guy that's interchangeable on his, on his bubblegum card. It's T slash G. That's a great, great yeah. thing to have on your card. So, yeah. I mean, really he's versatile. He's a guy that they really trust. And, they talk about him. I, I forget what the nickname that he had, um, Wrecking Ball or something that, that the other players call him. It's because he is, they, they consider him one of the strongest men on that offensive line. And so that goes a long way. They have done so well over the years with uh, undrafted free agents or very late round guys that have come through for a long time on that offensive line. Matt Filer, to me, seems like a perfect blue-collar Pittsburgh Steeler player, and I think you're going to see that he's going to be a priority for this team. So with that being said, I really like it. I really like the fact that he signed his tender. I like the fact that Hilton signed his tender as well four days before the deadline. What does that tell you, fellas? What it tells me is the fact that these guys want to be Pittsburgh Steelers Mm -hmm. and they want to see it through here and they're not playing games. So I love the fact that this is happening now and it just sends a message that we're in it to win it like Iserman. Yeah. Kid Kid Rock reference, not not the (laughs) hockey. Sorry, Vancouver Duck fan. (sighs) It's sad uh, because hockey did pop into my mind first (laughs) thing. First thing I thought of too. But um, I'm going to get real quick because we really need to get moving on with the the topic of the show. Uh, One word answer. Here's the scenario. They both signed their tender. Let's say they didn't. Let's say both players would have signed with, I don't know, let's just say a team that likes to offer – Restricted free agent steals. We'll, we'll say that we'll say the Patriots did it. Let's say the Patriots signed both Mike Hilton and Matt Filer to the same contract, and the Steelers would have the option to to match it or get the second round pick. If they only would have matched one, which one do you keep, Filer or Hilton? Michael. Oh, I think it's Matt Filer, just because you have that that incredible depth in the defensive backfield. Uh, Matt Filer, I don't think is replaceable right now, so I'm going Matt Filer. That was Same more than one here. word. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> Give me our time. Same here because yeah. we just talked about a discussion yeah. with Cam mm-hmm. Sutton and Mike Hilton battling it out. So yeah. really, nobody's really battling it out with Matt Filer. So there's your guy. Yeah. Definitely, because I'm like, here's the deal. If you had to choose between getting the second round pick or sign or signing Filer, I'd sign Filer. If you had to choose between the second round pick or or signing Mike Hilton. 
I take the second round pick because of the whole Cam Sutton factor. Uh, one thing I did wanted to bring up to address real quick was Joe Anderson wanted to know what about Justin Lane. Here's the deal with Justin Lane. He's still got three more seasons with the Steelers. So, yeah, he's obviously in the mix when it comes to backing up players, you know, especially on the outside um, when someone goes down um, in the secondary with corner. He's in there too, but we don't have to ask the same kind of questions with him because Sutton and Hilton are only in un, only under contract through 2020. Where uh, where where Lane has only played one year so far on his rookie deal, so that's that's the whole reason there. But let's transition into this. Some interesting questions, and this was something, believe it or not, Lance Williams brought it up uh, to us, and we're like, you know, that's a good thing that we'd like to discuss. So the question is, the title of the show was, "Will fans pay? Even you know, will, will fans pay more?" to sit in a stadium with reduced capacity. We could just look at little Lance came up with a different scenario that we're going to talk about, but let's just answer this one first of, of let's say this, let's say Heinz Field's only going to be filled at 50%. That means, you know, you get your tickets to the Steelers, you get them, but those secondhand tickets where most people have to get them, those prices are going to go through the roof. Are you going to pay extra money to go to a half filled stadium? If that's what's going on in the NFL, let's start with that. You know, I think fans would. They crave going to Steeler games. It's ritualistic for them to go. You know, it is really, there's a lot of times where it is hard to find a Pittsburgh Steeler ticket. And I remember as a kid, um, you know, I grew up in the 80s. And I remember when you had a Steeler ticket fall in your lap, it was just a glorious thing. I could tell you the first game I ever went to and the date, December 5th, 1982. And the reason I know that, and I can tell you everything about that game, it was two days after my birthday, but I just remember everything about it because it was a dream come true to go to that, go to a Three River Stadium at the time because it seemed untouchable as a kid to be able to go. As an adult, I got to go more than 100 times. And I've had, uh, I don't go as much now, but Fans to have that experience would still pay money to go that like to go. Now there's going to be some fans that want to stay home and probably aren't going to pay more. But the thing about that is that's that's a good choice as well if they don't feel comfortable there. But if you're getting extra amenities and you're going to go ahead and be able to spread out, watch the game and feel safe um, while you're doing it, that's not a bad that's not a bad idea whatsoever. Dave, you mentioned before that hey, what if you had people be being able to Hold bring, on. we're going to get oh, to that one. Okay. We're going, that's a different question. But but if we go back <laughs> and that's fine. But if we go back to our excursion to Heinz Field yeah. on on December 15th of last year, we were definitely gosh. infecting each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I tell you what, I mean, we were spooning uh, more than anything because we, we're big dudes and we're yeah. next to each other and we, we got closer to each other. In fact, I was waiting for an engagement ring on the way home from Dave. I mean, at that point, but I, I went home, looked guilty to my wife and said, yeah, I spoon with Dave. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's it. You are. I Even told you that was nice going to happen before we went to yeah. the game. You signed up for it. And we had <laughs> Mr. 2 a.m.'s plural. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, you, you're right. And I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't go back and trade it. But if you go up higher in the stadium, in, in the end zone, 
their bleacher seats and you don't even have any protection. You're just jammed in there yeah. on during a regular game. So if this is an opportunity to spread out and not have not spread anything and uh, and feel better about your experience, why not? All right, Michael, would you would you come from the the, the great white north down to a Steelers game that was only filled at half capacity? If <laughs> knowing you have to pay some uh, more for the tickets than normal. Well, I mean, that Canadian conversion is probably going to be a real killer. It's probably going to be a couple <laughs> weeks' pay. But, uh, uh, you know, I think I still would. But uh, I think I, I would want to bring this back to bring it to the Canadian Football League, who actually has a bit of an attendance problem as it is. And just going to ha- like a half-filled stadium, it's really like sucks the atmosphere completely out of it. It's it's a completely different experience. And honestly, you can see the uh, the – uh, the, the capacity numbers dropping lower and lower and lower. Less people are going as that experience just seemingly gets worse every year. It's a little bit quieter and people are just not as into it. So you know what? I, I think as the year goes on, pe- I, those season ticket holders like yourself, like it, they might just be like, it's not that fun. And like, I got a better experience at home. So um, in that sense, I feel like as the year goes on, you might see a little bit less people, but I think when it, kind of gets back going just based on Evan being stuck at home. I think, uh, I think people would love just to get out to Heinz field that that, that's just an incredible environment as it is, but it it loses a little bit of the luster when there's only half the amount of people there. Yeah. I know what you mean. I've got to answer this question because vodka drinker, you know, he's in the live chat all the time says, how many times have you caught the flu going to a game? I've not caught the flu going to a Steelers game, but one of the most, sickness one of the worst sicknesses i had in my life i actually caught it both my wife and i caught it going to a penguins game in washington i don't know if it was the metro i don't know if it was the stadium but we went on that we went down there for a game and we came back we caught one of those animal flus if you know what i mean because you had the swine flu bird flu you know um we caught something very similar to that at a I don't like I said, I still think it was from the Metro personally. I don't think I don't know that it was from the game. Um, but I that's the only time I've ever got sick from going to someone other than maybe, you know, like that, like um having just issues from being I was at the freezing cold Miami uh playoff game. Uh the one where Bud Dupree just destroyed Matt, it was Matt Moore, right? That he that he took out. Um, it happened right in front of me. And oh my goodness, that was crazy. But that that game was had like a wind chill of like four degrees. And you know, so I I you know, I had a little bit of a sniffle maybe the next day, but nothing that really knocked me out, you know, but not where I actually caught sickness. But I just thought I'd I'd throw that out there because as we go to move on, what Lance brought up now. This is this is a novel idea. This was interesting. The Lance, the, I don't, Lance and his brother, I think we're talking about this. And I, I said, obviously, there's probably going to be a problem at some point that I can't work out that, uh, that the Steelers would figure out. And that is, what if they offered a more safe environment at the games for a premium? Not the whole stadium. What if they set apart one part of the stadium, you came in a specific gate where you were all distanced out, they would have masks for you. They would have hand sanitizer for you. You were spaced out in your seats with lots of social distancing. You wouldn't have to go stand in line at the concession stand because you would fill out a card and they would bring you your order and stuff like that. That Lance, he had it all laid out with this. 
He's like, but basically you're, you're, you're paying for a really premium service. If you were buying that from the Steelers and let's say, let's say they could only sell a third of the tickets for these sections, but it was three times more than a regular ticket. Would you, you know, this would help them not lose as much revenue, but would fans be willing to do that? And I know a lot of people are asking, well, how much money are you talking about? Well, I'll just throw one out there. My two tickets that I sold in the lower deck, um, 15 rows up in the end zone, a few years when the Steelers played the Cowboys, I threw them on, on, on ticket exchange thinking I'll, I'll put a crazy price out there in case they were gone in 20 minutes. I didn't even come close to put enough price on them. And it was $800 for two tickets. The person paid over $950 with the fees. So I'm like, would you pay $1,000 for two tickets to go and have that safe experience if you're to do that? Is that something you think would be a good idea for the stadiums to do? Because the other part that comes into that is what people are saying, oh, you know, this is dangerous. I could get sick. Well, you have another option. And if they're offering a premium option for those that are worried about, about um, catching something, then those that just went to the game otherwise really, you know, it's more of a, it could kind of help with a liability issue. Uh, what, what you, go ahead, bad. What's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I'm not really worried about catching anything at the game like you know, the question did you ever catch the flu at the game i mean i did get a cold sore at a motley crew concert in 1992 <laughs> but that was a whole different different reason That's so, a 2 you know, a.m story yeah so we really i mean that was really that was a whole different animal there but you know when i look at it i really don't care i don't mind going to the uh concession stand i've kind of mastered I've mastered the uh, the art of the social distancing if I have to go to Sam's Club or the supermarket or anything. I mean, I'm in Maryland. I'm still wearing a mask because you have to still wear a mask here. Um, and I, d I don't have a, a problem with it. But, you know, the, the thing about it is this is an issue that keeps on coming up. And this might be something that happens. I'm not really paying a premium for it. I go to one game a year and... It's really, it's not a big, big deal for me, but for some people, it is a huge deal. So, I mean, they're going to pay it. If they want to go bad enough, they will pay it. If you had, so I'm going to cl clarify this a little bit more for Michael. If you had the option to just go for regular price with regular seating, with everyone sitting in there the same way, or you could play that, pay that premium to, to have the social distancing and everything, which one do you think you would do? That is, honestly, I, that's a pretty tough question. Like, yeah, I, I, I got to think of it outside of just like myself. Cause yeah. like uh, I see my mom, my girlfriend's grandma is, still lives with them. Like, it's like, uh, there's some people I'd be putting at risk and like, mm -hmm. would I want to spend another two weeks in quarantine? Like mm, that, that's not really what I'd want to do. So like to go to a game for me is going to be an expensive trip anyway. So I think I'd rather err on the side of caution. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I honestly, I feel like I, I would pick option C and, and not go. That That's just that's the other option. Yeah. Do you think that would be a good idea if the NFL could figure that out to say we're not going to do the whole stadium, but we're going to offer some 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 special, you know, incentivized tickets 
where you can have the social distancing. I'll be honest with you, because I'm the one who said about that you're going to have to give them their own gate. Because, yeah, where Brian and I packed in there, I was trying not to be too close to the person sitting next to me. And, you know, it, it's Brian who can resist. So that was part of the reason that happened. But when am I, when do I feel like I'm the, I would be the most at risk? When I'm packed in, going through the gate, and then packed in, getting to the escalator, going up the ramp, you know, it's actually... I feel like it's more getting to your seat than anything else. So I'm trying to remember if I asked you a question and give you a chance to answer it. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> I feel he answered it. Okay. So if it pleases the court, Michael Beck answered the question. Yeah. So Brian, do you, anything else? I mean, I think that would be really interesting if they could offer that. I don't know how feasible it is, but, and, and it could maybe help a little bit with the revenue problem. But the other issue that I said to Lance and said that they'd have to figure out is what sections do you do and what do you do, do with people that already have have tickets to in that section? You know what I'm saying? What if they decided to do the entire lower deck um, end zone closed end of the stadium where I am, where I have to either now pay a bunch more for these tickets for social distancing or, you know, I don't know how they how they'd work it. So, and I don't know which one I would choose. I got to bring this up. <laughs> Dave Shipley asked, what if ketchup bottle pouring is the cure? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, Lance, Lance did bring it up, everything that he had said to me, because I knew I forgot something. He said, you get a face shield, waiter service, hand sanitizer, and special entrance is what it would be. I mean, because honestly... I'm not taking my dad to a game this year if there's fans in the stands unless things are very different by the time by the time we go. And and that's the thing. We don't know how things are going to be. We're talking about, you know, the Steelers don't even play at Heinz Field in week one. You know, if the, the, the preseason, the preseason, you're basically social distancing during the preseason games anyway, because there's not very many people there. Um, but but when you come to the regular season, you're already you're already talking about the middle of September when it comes to Heinz Field, but you're talking some of these are November, December games. So things could be different. But I, I know right now I'm not I didn't even offer to take my dad this year because I just don't think that's wise for for someone in their in their 70s that actually has you know breathing problems from working around asbestos when he was younger to to go and and run a risk of being there. So it, it kind of depends on who you are. And I, I here's another thing I told Lance. If they needed to have reduced seats. And they went to season ticket holders and say, hey, we can only give you half the games. Or if you want to volunteer, you keep your seat license, but you don't get any tickets this year. I would I would consider that. I would just say I'll skip a year as long as I still don't lose them out for sure in order to help do the social distancing thing. Any other thoughts about the whole thing of how they're going to pull this off or or, or need ideas of, of how they could do these kind of things? Yeah, you might have to do a lottery like you do in the playoffs. To get uh, Super Bowl tickets, um, you know they do a lottery, and you look at the season ticket. You take care of the season ticket holders first, and that's the bottom line. There's no, there's no game day seats. There's nothing like that. You take care of those those uh, guys and girls that have season tickets. Um, you've got to look at it also in the way that maybe one week you get displaced from your seat. Dave, you still get yeah. to go to the game, but you're sitting you're sitting in a different section of the stadium while the people next to you 
or uh, mm-hmm. vice versa. They're sitting in your seats because they're spread out one, two, and you, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a colossal, I mean, plan that they have to come up with. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure like everything, there's people in a boardroom right now trying to figure this kind of thing out. Um, but they're going to have to make something happen, but also give you some kind of rebate or do something to make you feel better about what you're giving up this year too. So they'll figure it out, but it's going to be interesting what they come up with. They're not going to leave you guys high and dry. Well, it's that's, that's the good question because honestly, I, from a, from a logistical standpoint, they were right now, the Steelers are better off doing either a hundred percent or 0% because figuring out anything else in between is tough. And for those of you that are saying, Oh, um, but they only sold half the tickets. That was half of the, of the available tickets that weren't out to season ticket holders. I mean, on a low estimate, season ticket holders are 70% of the stadium, more likely 80 to 85. But even if it was only 70, when they go to sell those other 30%, they sold half of them. That, that means they're only 15% reduced. So you're not even anywhere close to being able to do 50% capacity, let alone like a 25% capacity. So... Um, Michael, any other solutions or thoughts on it? Pray for vaccine. I <laughs> honestly, I've, I feel like there, there's nothing really that can be added. Like, but no, like, I, I feel like I have to agree. It's, it's either all or nothing. Like if, mm-hmm. what else can be done at this point? I, I, I really don't have an answer mm-hmm. for that. Put plexiglass up between every single seat. That's probably going to cost a fortune. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I, yeah, no, like I, I, I I don't have the solution. If I did, yeah. I'd probably be working for the NFL right now. But uh, yeah, no, uh, just pray. Uh, yeah. Just get on your knees. Yeah, there. just say, <laughs> say just help this, help this pass by. And honestly, a lot of people talk about a vaccine. Like I say, the other option is an extremely effective treatment. That if they had that, that's the other thing that that people wouldn't have to fear if they if they caught it. They would still want to say at risk people stay away, but people who aren't at, as much at risk, if you do catch it, there's a treatment for you that would help out a lot. Uh, I do have to answer one quick question um, before we get on to our actual preview part of the show, and that is Joe wants to know about how much season tickets cost. He has no idea. I'll be honest with you. The thing is with season tickets is what's expensive is the initial investment in the seat license. So. You've got to pay the you know thousands of dollars for uh, for the license for one seat. The tickets themselves are not that bad. I mean, when 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 I bought mine, my brother in law and I that we went in together, we had a plan that if we went to half the games and sold half the games and marked them up, you know, as you know, some but not too much, that if we got what we really wanted and you know and some of the times we just want to sell that one game for a big ticket like with the cowboys games and then everything else we're 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 good to just go it would take us 12 years to recover our seat license fee and we aren't and we're not on pace to do that because we haven't you know um because we haven't always got as much as we want to for the tickets but the tickets themselves honestly for mine, mine are the cheapest in the lower deck because they say that the end zone seats are the worst when I say they're the best because I love the I love them. too, Vu. I, I would rather sit there than on the sidelines. But that's just me. Um, that's the coach in me who loved being behind the huddle in practice rather than on the sidelines during the game. But mine are mine are roughly $1,000 a seat. 
a little bit more than that. And that includes preseason and everything. And not all the games are the same price. They keep dropping the prices on the preseason games and upping the prices on some of the elite games. So now we need to get into, we've been doing a countdown of, of, of these draft picks. We, you know, we started at seven and worked our way down. We had to, we had to switch the fourth round picks because of, of just the way it worked out with other shows. So uh, Brian, where are we now? We are at number three, which it kind of feels like number two this year because it, it's so hard for me not to call Chase Claypool the number one draft pick. Um, it's hard for me to call not call Alex Smith the the uh, second round pick, but he just like last year with Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson feels like a second round draft pick from last year, but we're talking about Alex Highsmith. Now, Alex Highsmith was a guy that if you were watching the draft, there were a lot of people that said who. Yeah. When he was drafted, a lot of people didn't know who he was. One of the great things about being here at BTSC and being on staff, you have to know who a lot of people are right before the draft is because you're talking about uh, so many mocks. You're looking at so many things. And we looked up and we knew who these guys were. I just didn't realize how good this guy was in his senior season. The guy in his first three seasons combined had a total of six sacks. Then his final season, he ends up with 15. But here's the nice thing about it. He's not just a one-hit one. I was trying to do 15, and I couldn't figure oh. if I got it backwards or not. <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought it on Brian. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. He's not a one-hit wonder, even though he had – he had um, a number of sacks, only three, and he went up five times that amount. His tackles for loss, his junior year, were 18 and a half, mm-hmm. even with only three sacks. Tackles for a loss with 15 sacks, he had 21 and a half tackles for a loss. So the last two years, he had a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage. You could You can go ahead and break down the film on this guy, but the most important thing that I'm going to say is when you look at the press conference with Dabo Sweeney before the game and even like even talking about them from last year, they're talking about their outside linebacker, their edge rusher, Highsmith, is probably one of the best guys we have ever faced. And so did the Clemson linebacker. And Clemson, the last four or five years, one of the premier programs, if not one of the very, very best in the country, put together by Dabo Sweeney, are those Tigers from the state of South Carolina. And they went and put the praise on this guy that he's one of the best they've ever faced. Even Alabama had some trouble with him. He had some great highlights against Alabama as well. So that's the thing when I'm looking and I'm just giving the eye test, I like what I'm seeing. So, Michael, when you originally, after your elation, after the Chase Claypool pick went down, <laughs> which well, I was elated to, but um, after your elation went down, what were you thinking when they went to number five from UNC Charlotte? Yeah, you know what? When he was originally picked, like he was one of the players that I wasn't too kind of in tune with, but... Uh... Obviously, I think most of us just kind of jumped on the internet, started watching like crazy, and 
I fell in love with this game. Like, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe uh, he switched in his senior year from a, like playing more of an interior D line role to an outside backer DN type role. Um, I, I believe, I, I believe perfect. that was the switch. But um, yeah, no, like his explosiveness off the line, his first step, it, it, just his assortment of moves. He is a talent. I think, I think he's already one of the uh, better. Um, outside linebacker number threes the Steelers team has had in a long I'd say since Jason Worlds since he was backing up Woodley and Harrison I like I I'm legitimately excited for Alex Highsmith I think this guy's got some potential Dave Schofield do you think that this guy Alex Highsmith that we're talking about is a future you know number one on the right side or the left side as far as edge absolutely I think I talked about this before the draft. I did an article on the website that said, don't be surprised if the Steelers draft a defensive player in day two. Because, I mean, they didn't have any day one picks, so they only had the two that I said either their top pick or their next pick is going to be most likely be a linebacker, a linebacker of some sort. I made the argument for inside linebacker to say it's someone for depth that could maybe step, you know, Vince Williams is getting up there a little bit. I said, but it was more likely that they were going to be taking an outside linebacker, an edge rusher, because you bring someone in to, to, to be that, that other rotational guy to take the majority of those snaps in the rotation as the non-starter. And it then, is the possibility to, if this is Bud Dupree's last season, that he could then step up and be the starter. Then you know two different things going into next year. One, you know if you're going to have Dupree after the season, if you're going to be able to, to keep him around or not. And you're going to know if, you're, if your third-round draft choice pans out or not and could be the answer when you're going into the 2021 draft. So I thought it was extremely wise. Now, when it came to Highsmith himself, there were several times I, I I talked about this with the podcast. I was going crazy with that one draft generator. I mean, we even did it um, as part of Stat Geek uh, Q and A one show where we just did it where we decided in the live chat who to have. And there was a lot of times that for the for the Steelers, you know, third round draft choice that this guy from Charlotte was the top guy on my board because they had him ranked higher than what the Steelers were picking. But and sometimes, you know, no one had picked him up yet. I never wanted to pull the trigger on him because I'm like, he's a small school guy. I don't know enough about him. Um, the Steelers might take him if they love him, but I don't know enough. But I knew the name from that. So when they drafted him, I'm like, they knew what they wanted. And uh, Shannon White from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, uh, one of our one of our uh, staff writers, he was the only person in the contest that had Alex Highsmith going to the Steelers in the third round when we were doing the contest of who was picking stuff. That was pretty impressive mm-hmm. that, uh, that that he had that there. I like the pick. I like the player. That's about all I can say. I tell you what, I like him a lot too. But Michael Beck, I need to ask you this question. With so many players from Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama going in the first couple of rounds, there was a plethora of these guys from big schools. Was Alex Highsmith devalued because he was a conference USA player and a lot of people didn't know who he was? 
Uh, you know what? I, I think these scouts do their due dil diligence, so I, I don't really think it necessarily comes down. Like, unless you're talking from a fan's perspective, that we didn't, as a fan, didn't know who he was because of the limited uh, TV exposure that uh, that conference will get. But uh, like, when it comes to us, especially for me, um, watching in West Coast of Canada, I'm basically limited to like Alabama, Clemson, or some sort of Pac-12 game. Um, it, like it's almost impossible to get some sort of like outside the power five, like I'm probably not going to be able to watch it. Um, so when it comes to the scouts, like I would say, absolutely. They, they all would have known. And especially when Dabo Sweeney's talking about this, the small school guy, like they're terrified of, he's one of the best players they've faced. Like, I think at that moment, I think more of us should have clicked in like, okay, this guy, this is somebody, this is like Clemson. They are unfreaking believable. And like, they are worried about it. Like, honestly. So, um, in fan perspective, I feel like, I feel like we should have known more just based on what, uh, some of the coaches were saying in their press conferences. But, um, I'm, I'm not surprised he, he went uh, under the radar just, just based on not even being able to watch his games. I have a question for you guys. He's a small, small conference player. So we're like, oh, we can't really count on him or anything else because he was in Conference USA. Because it's the Steelers, if he would have been a player from the MAC, what would what would do you think that what what would your impression have been there? Because the Steelers have drafted so many players from that small conference. So was it just being a small conference in general, or was it because he was Conference USA that the Steelers don't go to? What do you you know? Well, you know what, Dave, my next question for you, I was going to throw it back to you. Okay. Um, and my question to you kind of leads into that. Okay. And it's the number of sacks. He had 15 sacks. Mm -hmm. Where do you equate sacks in Conference USA or the MAC, like you just mentioned, to sacks in the SEC? So the number of 15 sacks, where mm -hmm. do, I mean, are they equal in your mind? Because we saw last year with Sutton Smith, they were not. Yeah, well, it honestly depends on, you know, who you're playing and, and things of that of that nature. I mean, because the thing is, if this guy was so good that Clemson was talking about him before they before they started the game, they were they were paying a lot of attention to him. If they're paying a lot of attention to a guy and he's still making plays, that's that's a even being a small school guy, that's pretty good. I I compared him to a player that was mocked to the Steelers the previous year out of Conference USA, out of Old Dominion, that I will butcher his name for sure. That O'Shea or sorry, O'Shane. I'm I'm saying it's Zimes, but it starts with an X. His last name starts with an X. Yeah, uh, Zimenez, I believe. Is it Zimenez Zimes? I, I believe it was Zimenez. Yeah, I don't, I I still can't get it. Well, he plays for the Giants now. When he was at Old Dominion, his senior year, he had 11 and a half sacks, so he didn't have as many as Highsmith, but and he had less tackles. He had 58 versus Highsmith 75. This is comparing their senior year at college. So even last year with the Giants, he had four and a half sacks. So I'm like, if a guy like that with 11 and a half sacks out of, out of a, uh, out of conference USA comes to the NFL and gets four and a half sacks in, you know, he, he had 500 snaps for the giants. I don't know if Heisman's going to get that many snaps from the Steelers, but I'm saying that just kind of shows you that that production out of that conference can still mean production in the NFL. 
You know what? I'm uh, we'll wrap this up here with, uh, you know, I don't care what conference he is because we found out, we found out so many times, especially with the quarterback from the Mac conference, you know, you picked a couple guys from the Mac last year and especially we're so excited about Deontay Johnson from the Mac as well. I don't care if you're in conference USA. I don't care if you're in the Mac, you know, the cream rises to the top and you have good players and it's those players that can convert and, uh, you know, tailor their game to the NFL, they're going to be doing so much better. So at this point, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and move on since we're coming close to the hour mark and it's trivia time. As we always do, I am going to stay out of trivia and I am just going to answer questions in front instead of one of my nonsense questions tonight. So <laughs> this is going to be, I have two. <laughs> this is going to be the debut of Michael Beck. Mm-hmm. Um, so since Dave has two, we'll let, We'll let Michael go first because I'm anxious to hear oh, what you're he came up with. You're killing me. <laughs> okay. Oh, we even um, talked so, about this. <laughs> we did? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's all right. We'll answer Michael's. I'm, I'm Seattle has okay. two losses, Dave. Yeah, I, 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 I want to listen to you. <laughs> well, you know what? I wanted to tie this question into myself. And uh, a certain deputy editor was born in 1996 uh, in June, um, a couple days, uh, I guess June 9th. So a uh, certain birthday just passed. And uh, that certain someone is now 24 years old. So how I'm tying this all together, um, there have been six players to wear the number 24 since 1996. Name them all. Number 24. Okay. Brian, do we, do we want to go back and forth? Yeah, go ahead. You said you said since 96, right? Since 96, there's so been six players. We are going with right now. The current number 24 is Benny Stell Jr., correct? Yeah, you got it. Okay, Brian. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you have the easy one. I am going to go with Cody Sensabaugh. Cody Sensabaugh? Two. Um, was it Ike Taylor, number 24? Correct. That's three. Yeah. I'll let yep. you have the easy one there. Yeah. Um, my number 24 was the uh, the kid from Cleveland, the cornerback. Um, was it Gordon? Josh? It was Josh something. No, it was Not Josh Gordon Gilbert. But- there Justin you go. Gilbert That's number four from Oklahoma State. <laughs> um, you know, the last, the last two I'll give you a hint before Ike Taylor. Before Ike Taylor, 24. Before Ike, Taylor. and we're talking 1996, mm. number 24. Before Ike, didn't you do this as one of your numbers, Brian? So yeah, far? I, I, I didn't do 24, I, I oh, didn't touch didn't... 24 at all. Oh. Um, mm. well, I you know, I, I did, but uh. The uh, the major number twenty four was a guy J T Thomas from the seventies, so that's not going to count. Count. Um, um, give us if it's offense or defense for these last two. Were they both um, one I, each? Or? I, I, no, they're both defensive backs. Both I, defensive I would backs. assume that they were both defensive backs as well. So defensive backs before Ike Taylor. I bet you these are obscure guys. I bet you these were guys that were there. They might have been as Lance likes to say. Were these dash guys? You know, one guy, one guy played one season, the other guy played five. So one one of them is going to be def, definitely harder. So that's a dash guy. The other one played five. I'm completely stumped, Brian. I, I don't know that I can get those. Yeah, my brain is hurting. Um, Reed has a good one, and I'm going ahead and still read because he's helping me out, and I know he's right, Chris Oldham. Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. That, that's number five. 
The last one, the, yeah, Chris Oldham played uh, five years, I believe, ninety-five mm-hmm. to uh, ninety-nine. He was on that um, Super Bowl team, yeah, yeah. And then the final one, are you like th- this one's pretty hard? I, I will. It would not have to be after ninety-nine and before Ike Taylor, right? Yeah, it was the year two thousand. It was two thousand. I couldn't tell you, Brian. All right. No, I I have a guy that I'm thinking of that was a safety, but uh, that uh, he actually started that year, but I, I don't know. It is uh, Nakia Cody. Okay, that's not who I was thinking of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never would have come up with that yeah. one. <laughs> I remember Nakia. Yeah, I, that is a great trivia question. I love that was it. A really wait, a way to bring it right off the bat there. <laughs> but I, I gotta tell I, you, I thought of this all week. Yeah, <laughs> Michael, I, I did not say happy birthday to you the other day, and I do apologize. <laughs> okay. But you are not my favorite person born on on June 9th. Dang it. My wife. Your kids? Oh, your wife. Oh, happy yeah, birthday so to her. <laughs> I uh, I like her more than I like you. <laughs> I, I, I certainly would hope so. <laughs> and I've seen her naked, and I haven't seen you naked. So, well, I mean, well, we are going off there soon. Okay, so. here we go. 2 a.m., 2 a.m. Um, here we go. Let's let's dive into this. I just I just got into this one, and it's going to end up being pretty the, – the actual question might be easy, but some of the stuff that goes with it might be some intriguing stuff. But I was specifically looking at um, I was of uh, players drafted from specific schools, and there's one certain um, Big Ten school that one of our mo- more recent first round draft picks attended that um, that the Steelers have actually drafted a decent number of players from this school, but most of them have not worked out. Um, the Steelers and all have drafted according to Pro Football Reference. It could even be more. 12 players out of the University of Wisconsin. And out of those, there's only two players that actually was ever considered a starter for even one season for the Steelers. This is pretty simple. Who who are the two? Well, we know one. Yeah, there's the easy one off the top. So you take the easy one, Michael. And we'll <laughs> the other one's is, easy. Too. Is it TJ Watt? It would be TJ Watt. You know, that would be one. Oh yeah, not now the other one. Oh no, no, it didn't. <laughs> I was thinking of a different school. Uh I've got one, but I don't know if he was a starter. Um Chris no, Conrad. No, no, you know what? That is definitely not one because Chris you Conrad. To, you don't have to doubt if this one's a starter. From from Wisconsin. From Wisconsin. Drafted by the Steelers. Why am I blanking? I know I'm gonna be mad at this. Um, oh, you better be. Because he was on your list last night. What what list did I do? With Lance. When he you gave him a list. Oh, Iron Mike Webster. Mike Webster. Oh, that's the oh my goodness. Other, that's the only other Wisconsin Badger that's ever even been a starter. And what's crazy wow. is the Steelers have had eight picks in the top. Webster was 125. They, you know, mm. they've had eight picks, 125 or or higher out of Wisconsin, and they just haven't worked out. I mean, T.J. Watt wasn't even the highest drafted out of Wisconsin. Do you know who mm-hmm. that was? That was in 1985, Brian. Daryl Sims. That was Daryl Sims, mm-hmm. who had played two years and no starts. Horrible. I mean, just a bad pick. And, you know, most of these and he was the 15th overall player in the draft. Uh, 20th. 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 I yeah. thought he was 15th. Yeah, that's well, that's pro football reference to that. Then you got guys like Craig Urbic, who was a third round pick, but he got beat out by Ramon Foster for the for the for the spot. Um, just a bunch of crazy stuff. I mean, they they've had some other ones, guys that back in the day that went to the AFL instead. It was really crazy. 
I was surprised at how many guys from Wisconsin it's either hit or miss. And they've had two big hits and a bunch of misses. But the other question I have really has nothing else to do with this. I, that one was just for fun. We're talking about players that are coming up into a contract year. And what are they going to do? And how's this going to work? Who's going to get the deal? And we've got stuff with, with like, um, with, you know, Juju, James Connor, all those like that. Who is the last running back drafted by the Steelers that got a second contract? I'm not counting playing under the franchise tag. Who was the last running back drafted by the Steelers who got a second contract? Wow, that's I tough. love that question. That's before Willie. Well, Willie wasn't drafted. drafted. Oh, that's right. He wasn't yeah. drafted. Yeah, and no, it was Bettis. Yeah. No, traded for. Bettis doesn't count. He wasn't drafted. St- Staley was a free agent. Yeah. yeah. So drafted by the Steelers, got a second contract. Foster? Foster did not get a second contract. He did not get a second contract. But I will tell you this. It was since then. Hmm. So Foster was drafted in 1990. Um, Bam Morris would not be one. Mm-hmm. Um, so and Bam Morris was drafted in 94. Um, I'm going to go with, could it possibly be a fullback? Are we talking a fullback or is this, is it definitely a running back? I'm well. Let's just say this: he's listed as a running back on on Pro Football and, Reference, but it doesn't necessarily. Mean- and you know what? I'm going to go with Robert Sasovitz. Yeah, uh, Dave Dave Shipley threw in five dollars to say Foster, but that is so that's five dollars the tip jar. Thank you, but that is not correct. The one that most people would think of that they think would be the answer was drafted in 1999 in Amos Zaraway. But there was one since then, and that was it. I want to check what year he's drafted in 2002. So I'm going to go with Robert Sasevitz, and I'm going to say that it was Veron Haynes. It's Veron Haynes, and you that was, know, and vodka drinker got it in the live chat. I just okay because I so Robert brought up Haynes as well. I didn't see vodka dir- a drinker, and yeah. you know, I had an opportunity to drive Veron Haynes to Cumberland, Maryland, from the Washington D.C. Reagan International Airport. And had a great time. Uh, we it was the best day ever. Uh, just my dad and I drove him and had a chance to talk to Veron. Really good guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, that was fantastic, what Dave. About this, Rashard Mendenhall, no second contract. Um, then you get you know you get guys like um, Jonathan Dwyer and Baron Batch and Chris Rainey, you know that didn't stick around very long. Le'Veon Bell, no second contract, just the franchise tag. Okay, then you've got the guys coming up. So this is something they haven't done for a while of signing a running back that they drafted beyond that. So that was that was something I just and found intriguing. It will be interesting to see the the jury is out on James Conner. Yeah. Whether he will get a second deal and you could throw out no way right now, but what does a magical 2020 look like for him and if that happens you're changing your tune because remember, we did the same thing with Bud Dupree last year. Yeah. Nobody expected him to be on this team this year. And well, if you expected him, you expected him under the franchise tag. 
but now they're hoping that he possibly stays. Look at the contract these two guys signed. You know, Zeroways was a little bit wasn't bad at the time. I think it was two. Was it? It was. Was it three years for eight million or two years for eight million? It was, he was a third rounder. But I mean, but I mean, when, when you're with that second contract, it wasn't like they were. They've never. They've never really broken the bank in you know in the Kevin Colbert era on a guy that they drafted um, at running back. So there you go. You well, hey, it's, it's been tonight, a fantastic. Right? What's that? You want to bring us to a close tonight? Yeah, I was going to go ahead and bring us to the close. It has been a fantastic night. Michael Beck, do you have any last thoughts? Oh, geez. I've... <laughs> holy smokes, I don't know. And there you go. We got our <laughs> first holy smokes. <laughs> There's going to be more of them. And by the way, wearing a Ben Roethlisberger College Miami Red Hawk jersey, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that is really cool. Um, Dave Schofield's wearing a BTSC. I'm going throwback Mike Wallace. I, you can't really see the 17, but hey. Thank you, everybody who has hung out with us in the show, including you, Editor Dave Schofield. Do you have any last thoughts? Just make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. You've got great content. You have stuff coming daily from the three of us. Between Brian bringing the, the podcasts and Michael and I having different, different roles with the editor and deputy editor, we're on there. You'll see our name on there every day. Every day. Every day. Check in there. Lots of great coverage, great film breakdown, great commentary. Like we say, great breaking news. Uh, it's your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It really is. It indeed is. We cannot do these shows without you in the live chat. Thank you, our BTSC family. We adore you. And thanks for hanging in with us every single day as we have these podcasts for you every single day. But with that, for Michael Beck, for Dave Schofield, my name's Brian Anthony Davis, and tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. subscribe. We'll see you we'll all. Thank you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChompaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.